Trevor, you got one of those hound dogs with you right now? No. <laughs> uh, get, get ready to uh, fire up the banjo. I didn't have the woo. I need the woo. Insert the coon hounds. Insert the banjo. Rocky Top's coming on to half the distance tonight. Thanks for joining us, Trevor. Uh, oh, welcome happy to be here. Show. Glad to be back. Yeah. Um, Brett, without further ado, um, who brings us this show? Who's our wonderful sponsor in the world? Brett, you're on mute. Sorry, my bad. We got the dogs back here in the back. They're just going at it. I guess that's what happens after you crate them. But hey, our boys at 910 Coastal Barbecue is the sponsor. Yep. The barbecue boys always partnering up with Have the Distance to the Goal. If you follow them on social media, you'll know um, they just posted a reverse seared steak. I like steak in a lot of ways. I actually just got back from dinner and I think I ate half a cow. Um, took uh, the wifey out to Capitol Grill for a birthday. And Trevor, my man, he put me on to getting steaks, Pittsburgh rare. Um, they put it on the broiler. Get that outside nice and charred, nice rare center in the middle. Uh, one of my favorite ways to eat a steak, but reverse here is also a, a good way to go. Trevor, I bet you've been putting some good stuff on the smoker uh, down there in Winston-Salem lately. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, did my first brisket um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, it was a success. I was, I was nervous about it for a while. It was about an 18-hour smoke. But uh, I'm, with football season, that's when the smoker really gets going. So we already got some stuff planned for uh, week zero. Um, got to make sure I got the, the, the food right before we watch that uh, Nebraska-Northwestern game. And then I uh, have food going into the night for that Vanderbilt-Hawaii late game. Heck, yeah. That's going to be awesome. And, you know, we got we got week zero coming to you next week. So stick around. Make sure you're subscribed. Give us five-star rating if you love us. And if you don't, go ahead and be honest and uh, give us your true feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear it. So, Trevor, outside of, you know, getting new recipes up on the grill, the smoker, the flat top this season, what games are you going to? Um, I know you're a college football enthusiast, Tennessee volunteer fan, i.e. the Rocky Top intro. So uh, let us know what you got coming up. Yeah, yeah. So I only have tickets to three games so far this year. I got uh, tickets to two Tennessee games. I'll be at the Florida game. The second time we've beaten Florida in 15 years is going to happen on September 24th, so I'm pumped for that. And uh, I'll be at the Kentucky game to do our annual beat down on them. Um, and then I'll be with you in Baton Rouge for the LSU Ole Miss game, which should probably be one of the bigger LSU games of the season. So I'm excited to see a sold-out crowd in Baton Rouge in October. Really excited to go down there to Cajun country. Um, the state of Louisiana is always good to us whenever we go in one way or another. It may not like us when we're on the airplane coming back or in that long car ride like we've done a couple of times. I don't like it coming back. 
Yeah, coming back is not fun, but going's all, always a pleasure. Uh, Tiger Stadium, definitely uh, the coolest stadium I've ever been in. Um, I think this is probably going to be the loudest. Neyland Stadium is a pleasure to go to. And, of course, I proud myself at Carter-Finley, but Carter-Finley don't hold anything to those SEC stadiums as much as I love it. Uh, Brett, you, you got any West Virginia games lined up this season? Still on mute, Brett. <laughs> You gonna be singing country roads this season? You're still muted, Brett. <laughs> Guys, he's important. He can't figure out. Maybe, maybe Brett will tell us his plans this this football season whenever he can figure a button click out uh, here and there. Maybe that's how bad West Virginia is going to be this year. Yeah, I, I don't even think he wants to talk about it. <laughs> but, but let's go ahead and jump into um, how everything went last year. Tonight, we are bringing you SEC Big 12 win totals last year. Oh, are, are you there? Yeah, dude. I, I got into a little Zoom problem. I don't know what the heck just happened there. But, hey, a little technical difficulty. I feel like my parents right now, to be honest. <laughs> but um, what was your question? Sorry. So what West Virginia games are you going to this year or any college football games? My dad, we talked about going up to Morgantown for a game. I don't know if we decided which one, but I was just telling you guys earlier that if NC State and Clemson are both undefeated, uh, I think it's week four, week five, then I might try to go down to uh, Clemson, South Carolina, check out that one since that should be a top 10 matchup. And then um, college game day should probably be there as well. So. That's on my bucket list, and then I guess throughout the year we'll see what kind of any state games that I might go to. I think Texas Tech game might be interesting when they come to town to Carter Finley, but other than that, that's really all I have right now. I'm actually going to be – depending on West Virginia week one, I need them to uh, to put a beat down on Pitt so that they're uh, beaten, worn down before we play them week two. Yeah, I was surprised – I. I mean, I really don't know much about Pitt. I know they bring back a lot on the defense side of the ball, but losing Kenny Pickett and then losing Addison to USC, I mean, those are pretty big losses. But I was I was pretty shocked to see them in the preseason top or number 17, I believe they were. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know much about them. I know this isn't an ACC podcast today, but I think that was, that was an obligatory. We have to put the ACC champions in the, in the ranking. I mean, they're they're not going to be good this year. I don't think. I mean, they got Kadon Slovis. I don't think he's that good. If he was that good, they would have kept him at USC. So, um, I guess we'll see. I don't want to talk too much shit about them. Us losing them week two. Well, I think their defense is going to be really good. And uh, Pat Narduzzi, he loves running the football. I mean, they had Kenny Pickett last year, and they were still running the football in situations where they definitely should have been throwing it, in my opinion. So, I mean, if that ground game can get going, that defense get a couple stops. Um, I definitely would definitely take you guys um, in the game, but it, it could be a dog fight. Last year was a dog fight, quite frankly. I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Back, but it, it, was, it was a close one. I think it's safe to say that last year was probably the best pit team we've ever had. Once in a lifetime quarterback and Kenny Pickett literally broke Dan Marino's records. And we took them down to the wire with Joe Milton at quarterback. We hadn't even discovered him and Hooker hardly on our team yet. He, had, he didn't start until the second, the third, late third quarter of that game. And we still almost beat them. I think, you know, you have a healthy Hendon Hooker that whole game. I think, you know, we would have beat the shit out of them. So I, I, I think we shouldn't have a problem with them this year. 
but like I said, I don't want to say too much, and then I have no idea what to expect of Tennessee, as always. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you guys should be a lot – you guys should be a lot better this year. But we'll go ahead and um, digress back to where we were until Brett finally figured out how to take his microphone yeah, off no, mute. No. So, again, tonight we are bringing you the SEC Big 12 win totals. Last year we had our friend of the program, Joel Huddleston, on. And um, Joel's a little MIA this year, you know, not texting us back promptly. And, oh, know, yeah, I think he's a little he, – he, he did just buy a house. I forgot to mention that, I think. So he just bought a house. Congratulations to the house, Joel. I think, it also, I think it also has a little do because he doesn't know what uh, Florida is going to be like this year. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about that in the – on the SEC side, but yeah, he's in. Uh, he couldn't join us because he's in uh, Cancun, I believe, for the for vacation this week. So, well, hopefully, we can get him on one week during the uh, during the regular season. Yeah, we can make that happen. He's definitely winning in the in the Cancun battle right now. But last season, Joel was two ten in one. Just looking at his plays, I would say maybe his worst loss of the season was he took his Florida Gators over nine wins, and they. They went bowling. Did they lose to UCF in the bowl game, or was it close? They did. UCF is the current uh, currently owns the state of Florida. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't end good in the regular season. Better yet, the bowl game. Uh, Joel had, uh, or I guess he actually had three ones. Excuse me. Vandy under three hit. Ole Miss over seven was a good one, and Texas under eight. That was also a very good call. So Joel, we're not only giving you bad feedback. Uh, Brett was actually the leader in the clubhouse for the SEC Big Twelve win totals. Uh, Brett, looking at your board from last season, five, three, and one. What was your favorite play that you made? I think I think probably Georgia, because I think at the beginning of last year I said Georgia was going to win the SEC championship, and well, actually they lost the SEC championship, but they you did said win the national championship. Yeah, I did. So. I mean, I, I do think things would have been different, honestly, if um, Minchie or Mechie or Minchie or whatever, and then Williamson didn't get hurt in that championship game. But I, I did call Georgia, so I like that. Yeah, Florida bad miss. I think I took Florida because Joel was hyping them up that that night, if I remember correctly. I guess you didn't. Yeah, you you fell for it too. So. <laughs> yes i did yeah we all fall for it but yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting interesting uh time this what about you what was your best pick uh my favorite play last season was Ole miss over seven i thought they'd win nine games but Ole miss had a great season last year um i knew seven was pretty low for lane kiffin and not i mean matt corral i was really big on him coming into the season and they just had some playmakers and I mean, obviously, they didn't have a great showing against Bama, but, I mean, really, who did besides Georgia? Um, yeah. yeah, Ole Miss over seven was definitely uh, my favorite play. And last season on this pair of conferences, I was 4-4-1. Four, four, one. My one push was Oklahoma over 11, and they hit 11 on the dot. But I guess, Brett, you wanted to do a little uh, top 25 discussion before we kicked everything off, didn't you? Yeah, just real quick. I know it's kind of late, but, I mean – I. What are your guys' overall thoughts? Um, I know we, in our little uh, group message, we were talking about how the ACC was definitely recognized in the top 25. We were just talking about with Trevor, about the whole Pitt-West Virginia game and how maybe they give Pitt a little credit just because they're former ACC champions. But you also have Clemson in there at number four. 
Wolfpack at number 13. I mean, just what were your overall thoughts? I know uh, Notre Dame, number five. So what, what were you guys' thoughts of the top 20? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that stood out to me, which I think it makes absolutely zero sense at all, is Texas A&M. I mean, putting them at, at six is – first off, it makes no sense at all. Second off, when you're looking at betting lines, it doesn't add up either. So, one, they went – they're the only team in the top ten that had uh, four losses last year in the regular season. So I know you can you can bring in all the hype of their recruiting class, and that can be a very valid argument of oh, maybe they have a lot of good freshmen that are going to come in and be immediate contributors. But then you go and look at the spread, and their over-under for the season is um, eight and a half. So they're projected to win eight, maybe nine games. So if they, if they barely hit the under eight win or eight wins, they're not going to be a top ten team because that's four losses. And really, a three loss team for the most part is not going to be a top ten team. So it makes no sense on the gambling line being eight and a half. You would think a team that was ranked preseason at six overall would have an over under at more like nine and a half or even ten and a half. Um, so that made no sense to me. That was my, my biggest gripe. People complain about Notre Dame, but I think Notre Dame got better with losing Brian Kelly. Um, I think Marcus Freeman's a much better coach. I think Brian Kelly's kind of a joke. Um, I think he got way too much talent that he's gone through at Notre Dame and not had anything to show for it, besides a bunch of blown college football playoffs. Um, so really, that's my thoughts on on the top ten. <clears throat> I love where, as a Tennessee fan, I love where we're at. I love that we didn't get ranked, and I love that we're the first most receiving votes because every time we start the season ranked, we end up shitting the bed. And I don't want to have those expectations. I want to come in and, and prove our – if we're actually going to be decent this year, I want to come in and prove it by winning games and not by some preseason hype. So, I mean, I remember 2016, we got all the preseason hype, preseason ranked top 10, started the season out 6-0 and and finished the season 8-4. and So – and those four, those four losses were bad teams. Like, we're talking about South Carolina and Vanderbilt and those losses. Um, so, Tennessee does not perform well with preseason expectations. So, I like us not being top 25 yet. We come in and beat Pitt, who's going to be ranked at week two, assuming they don't lose West Virginia. We can earn ourselves a spot in the top 25 at that point. And for me, Utah, seven. Awesome. Cam Rising's a baller. He can sling that yeah. damn rock. I think he. I think he's. He's definitely going to the NFL. He'll probably be a late first, um, high second round pick, unless he just completely balls out. But if Cam Rising's in the Heisman discussion about halfway through the season, don't be shocked. I think Utah's going to have a really good team. But week one, they have to go into the swamp and they got to take care of business. Uh, sorry, Joel, but I mean, is Utah favored that game? You, so Utah is favored by two and a half. Florida is 52% chance to win in the FPI. So, depending on what you look at. But, you know, we know that the gambling gods are much smarter than so the FBI is, and the FBI has at Utah at minus two and a half. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Utah. I, I think that they're going to win the Pac-12 without a doubt, just, just the way everything's set up for them. Other than that, uh, I definitely think Notre Dame's probably a little too high. I'm very glad that Texas is not ranked, so I didn't have to gripe about that. But the over team, no, the other team that's always overrated, uh, USC. I know Lincoln Riley's yeah. out there. They, they got a bunch of transfers who are supposed to be pretty good. But, I mean, USC has showed us nothing in years. So, for a 14 ranking, I, I'm not I'm not really buying that. I do like where Arkansas is at, at 19. Arkansas can definitely win some games early and, you know, go up 
go up the chart. They have Texas A&M the fourth week of the season. That'll be pretty big. But they start off with Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, obviously, like no more Sauce Gardner, no more Desmond Ritter. But that's a game that Arkansas can definitely win at home. I don't think they'll have issues against South Carolina and the Missouri State. So if Arkansas can start 3-0, and give Texas A&M a fight and – you know, probably not going to beat Bama. I think they can definitely uh, ring off the rest of their wins. So um, I think the pigs are set up pretty good this season. I mean, it within playing in the West of the SEC for sure. I think they have a lot of winnable games and a pretty good football team. What, what do you think about, I mean, Michigan State, number 15. I know Mel Tucker's coming off a great first season or whatever, or I guess second season last year. Are you believing the hype coming back in? And then what about Miami at number 16? I know, I mean, Van Dyke's pretty good at quarterback, but I feel like there's a lot of hype behind uh, Mario Cristobal coming in there from Oregon. What are you guys thinking about those two? So Peyton Thorne at Michigan State, I think he'll be serviceable. I think they'll have to rely on their defense a little bit more in the earlier uh, part of the season. Uh, quite frankly, they draw Washington um, out of conference. They should be able to uh, – a lot of people are pretty bullish on Washington this year, but I think that's a game that Michigan State can win. But other than that, they have really three – the three toughest opponents that you could get in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So I think that will be a rough patch. But Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, he's awesome. Um, Mario Cristobal, I think he's going to go in there and you're going to see a more improved offense uh, day one without a doubt. But I think Miami kind of has that Florida State psychological factor. A lot of teams in Florida do. You just have to get out of your own way. You know, you're, you're not back. You're, you're not who you used to be. So you got to go out and do it. But, I mean, Miami has a top three quarterback in the ACC. So I, I think they're pretty poised to have a, a steady season. Yeah, and, and Miami had a, a solid season last year. I mean, I think Mario Cristobal is a huge upgrade at head coach. So to bring in the same team is going to be better than last year. And for them to go eight and four last year um, – I think that they could easily – I think the ACC – I know you guys are talking about them, their rankings being prevalent. I think the ACC is super top-heavy. Um, you know, I hate to say NC State, but, you know, NC State and Clemson are really your, your top two heavy hitters. We don't know what's going to go on with Wake until we figure out what Sam Hartman's situation is, like how long he's going to be out. And then, you know, Pitt's not going to be in the rankings after the first two weeks of the season. So they, they're in there for obligatory reasons, and they'll be out after um, – the first two weeks. It's very true. So, Brett, give us two takeaways um, about your thoughts in the in the top 25 initial poll. Yeah, I mean, it's initially what you guys talked about. I think it's – I do think it's interesting. And I think me and you have talked about this, Marcus, but Oklahoma being around, ahead of Baylor in Oklahoma State, I actually think it's – I either think Baylor or Oklahoma State is going to win the Big 12 this year. I really do. I think losing – Lincoln Riley, I mean, not that Brent Venables is no slouch, but first-year head coach, no Caleb Williams. I mean, that's a lot to come back from. We know we know they'll get the recruits, but we're talking about a Baylor team that, I mean, honestly, Oklahoma State, both teams played well last year. We're in the Big 12 championship, so that's kind of interesting to me. Michigan, I mean, top 10, number eight, I don't really know about that. And then, like you, like you talked about, USC, all the hype is behind Lincoln Riley right now, even though adding Addison and Caleb Williams. But it's going to be about their defense because besides Stanford, they had the worst defense in the Pac-12 last year. And then kind of the rest of the uh, top 25 is – I mean, I'm fine with it. Like Trevor mentioned, we don't know what Wake Forest is going to be like there at 22 without Sam Harden maybe. And then, I don't know, 
besides those kind of in the top 15 is where it's really interesting, I feel like. For sure. Well, you want to go ahead and jump into it. And uh, Brett, we'll start in your territory. We'll start in the Big 12. Then we'll make our way on down to the old Southeastern Conference. Starting off, Oklahoma, nine and a half games over under. Any plays, fellas? I mean, I, I, I picked all of them. I, I, I did a selection for every team. Um, but then I but I only highlighted eight that I will actually having to pick. I mean, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I have Oklahoma. I feel confident they're going to hit the under. Um, I'm not putting it as one of my picks because I like some other picks more. But to everything Brett just said, I mean, you're losing an offensive mastermind and getting a, a defensive mastermind in return, but you're playing in the Big 12. you got to be able to score points. And um, as a, a Tennessee fan, I've seen uh, great defensive coordinators come in and destroy our program. So I'm sure uh, – I'm not saying Brent Venables will do that, but I understand we can't say anything until he proves himself. And he's fighting an uphill battle with uh, – Bringing in Dylan Gabriel. He was a great quarterback at UCF, but this is not the American Athletic Conference. This is the Big 12. So it's going to be a different beast for him. Yeah, I, I personally didn't touch it, but pretty much I agree with what Trevor said. I think there's a lot of unknown. Just You just you don't know what they're going to do with Brent Venables there. So I personally would not touch that. I also think it's a little volatile. I, I have them marked down as 10 wins. So I guess I would lean over. The only issue is they could lose to Baylor. They could lose to Oklahoma State. I think they'll win at least one of those games. But the team that I'm a little big on this year, and we'll get to them down the road, is TCU. I think TCU, I took them last year at over seven wins. Uh, Gary Patterson, he just kind of lost it um, at TCU. He was there for so long. But I think this should be the year since they did not do it last year. And I think TCU could be a swing game for them. And you never know if Oklahoma stumbles to TCU, Texas next week. Sark could have some up their sleeve, and we'll get into Texas. But I see a little bit of danger on Oklahoma's schedule. So if it was nine, I think I may have a little bit of push insurance. But nine and a half, uh, I'm going to stay away. So no plays on Oklahoma for the show. Let's uh, go down to their neighbor. Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, Brett's team in spirit. And I feel like Brett loves Oklahoma State so dearly every year. They come in with the number 12 ranking in the in the AP poll. Uh, Brett, you probably have a play here, do you? Take, I'm taking the over. I mean, I just kind of told you guys, I think it's a two-race battle between Okie State and uh, Baylor. So, I mean, I got to stick to my word and I got to take the over there. Even though I, I do – the one thing I do wonder is losing the defensive coordinator for Ohio State, I do wonder about the deep side of the ball because I, I do think that's a huge loss. But offense should still be good. And, I mean, I, I think they'll be solid enough to where they can win nine games. Is Spencer Sanders back this year? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I, think, I mean, he's been there about ten years, but – I feel like he has to. He's in there freaking forever, it seems like. But, I mean, they're out of conference. I mean, Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I mean, that's pretty pretty cake out of conference. I feel. So, that's already three wins, I feel like, in my opinion, right there. So, and you know, you got Kansas. Um, you got Iowa State at home. 
I think there's some – I think uh, nine is definitely wonderful. All right, Trevor, any play there for the Cowboys? Yeah, I'm following everything Brett just said. Um, I have Oklahoma State on mine as well. I think I was completely shocked that their over-under was only eight and a half. Um, and I know they lost they lost some key players, but they do have their starting quarterback back. Uh, never going to count Mike Gundy. Uh, he's made he's put up much worse teams and had good records. So eight and a half, I think, is an easy win. Um, I think they're still the better team in Oklahoma, and uh, I don't think the Big Twelve is strong enough to to find a third team to beat the, uh, or a fourth team to beat them. The three at most is where I see it. Cool. I, I like the play. I have them marked at eight wins. The, the Big 12 can get a little weird. Like, you never know if you go to Manhattan and have a weird game. Like, we've seen yeah. teams hold there. Iowa State could put up a fight. Of course, Oklahoma, um, Baylor, probably going to have a good shot at them. I think nine games is a little bit more likely than eight the more times that they play this season. But I am staying away. And let's go across the border. Austin, Texas, the Longhorns, and Sark's second year. Texas had, it was rough last year, man. Real, real rough for the Longhorns. But this season, per usual, they're projected always around eight, nine wins. And this season, they landed on eight. They start off Louisiana Monroe, and then they go to Tuscaloosa. Wait, is that a neutral site game, actually? It should be a neutral site. No, it's a home game for Texas. Excuse me. The game is at Texas oh. this year, but I I don't think it's going to matter. They go to Oklahoma, to Oklahoma State, and they finish up the end of the or the end of the regular season with Baylor at home. I'm taking the Texas under eight. They're overrated every year. They yeah. probably will they lose to Kansas this year? Probably not. We hope so, though. But I, mean, I see one, two, three, four losses on their schedule. And I, I think that Texas is not solid enough, like being a mental head case, that they can definitely slip up again. So I see six, seven wins for the Longhorns. Yeah, my, my philosophy is as long, if Sark is back, Texas is not. Um, <laughs> and uh, they get very few uh, out-of-conference games in the Big 12 since they played the entire conference. And with one of those being Bama, I don't see how they get to uh, – to nine wins. I don't have them selected as one of the ones I'm going to, to, to set on. And the only reason I say that is because I think no matter how bad or good Oklahoma or Texas are, is, I think the Red River shootout is, is going to – is always going to be a coin toss. I think Texas can, could go into that game one and five and they could put up a good fight against Oklahoma. So that's the only reason I don't have that selected because that game would be the deciding factor for me of if they get to nine wins or not. Uh, I see I see eight wins for the rest of the conference. And I think that's really – they'll land at eight and four, and I think that's that will be the year they finally fire Sark because um, he he has too much offensive talent to go eight and four this year with having Quinn Ewers coming in. Um, they Their best wide receiver did just get suspended, the band yep. transfer. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to get to nine wins. Texas just had a couple injuries as well. I think they had an offensive lineman or D lineman, uh, one of their better guys. Just get hurt, carted off the practice field, lower body injury. So it's definitely already not going their way. Uh, Brett, you have a play for them? I, I took the under on this as well. I mean, I think, I think until they actually can prove themselves, like I'm just going to keep on hammering the under, honestly, because it seems like whatever coach goes there, I mean, they just don't do enough with the talent that Texas gets. So until they can prove it, I'll definitely be taken under. 
Very nice. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. Next up, seven and a half wins. Baylor Bears. No play for me. Interested to hear what you guys have to say about them if you actually have a play. I'm shocked on this one, to be honest. Yeah, I think this is disrespectful. Um, yeah. I know they lost a lot of players, but Baylor's been they, – they were strong last year. Um, I think this is a very easy over. Um, so, I do have this and select as one of my picks. Um, even with losing the talent they're, lo- they're losing, the Big 12 is not strong. I mean, sure, they can lose to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State maybe, but I, I – I can't see them being or losing to Texas, and I don't see any other teams they're really going to lose to in the Big 12, and they have an easy uh, out-of-conference schedule. So I think eight and four is easy. This is probably my, my pick of the day almost. Yep, completely agree. I, I think it's – I'm with Trevor. I think it's totally disrespectful, especially after they just won the Big 12 championship last season. And, I mean, I, I just I – don't, I, I don't really understand this one. I mean, we're talking about a top-10 team, too. And they put them over under seven and a half. I mean, uh, give it to me. I'm taking over. When I look at their schedule, I see nine wins. It just something seems fishy to me. Like BYU, I don't think so. Give me. They. That's a tough game, especially at BYU too. Yeah, I I, I think BYU is going to give a lot of people problems this year. Um, I'm not jumping on it with you guys to give it the clean sweep. I wish you luck. I think it's a very good bet. But that number being low scares me a little bit. So I'm I'm going to avoid it. So let's go ahead and drop down in the Big 12. We have three teams with six and a half wins listed. We will start with the TCU Horn Frogs. Kind of gave my spiel earlier. I'm going over. I think they quit last year on Gary Patterson. I think he was a couple years over being due, like, to leave. So at Colorado, Tarleton State, I think SMU is going to be a tricky game for the state of Texas, but I think TCU will win. Oklahoma, I think TCU has a very good chance at beating them, especially if Oklahoma isn't who we think they are. Then they have Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. I see TCU winning all those games. I think they're – and the reason is Gary Gary Patterson, he recruited a very athletic guy and just kind of place you out of position. So everyone's long, freakish, fast, can jump out the gym. And I think that's just going to pay off eventually. So TCU, you let me down last year with um, over seven. So if I get a half a win of insurance at six and a half, I'm doubling down on you. So I'm riding with the Horned Frogs. Yeah, this one's not going to be one of my picks. Um, I do have tech, TCU is under. Um, I see six wins on the schedule. Um I see what you're saying about the giving up on Gary Patterson thing, but I think you're coming with a new head coach is always going to be hard. Uh, I think SMU is going to be really hard at a conference game for them, and I just don't see the teams are going to beat up on out. I mean, Texas Tech is not good. Texas Tech has probably one of the worst defenses in the country, but Texas Tech throws up a lot of points. Um, I don't see how TCU is going to be able to compete with the points um, in year one with a new coach. So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I see them winning right at six games. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching this one. I think there's still too much unknown. I, I'm just – it's hard to pick teams over unders, especially when you got a whole new coach coming in. So, I am just – I'm staying away from this. All right, so let's go to Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas State Wildcats listed at six and a half wins. They're out of conference slate. South Dakota State, Missouri comes to them, and Tulane is also going to the purple field. 
What are, what are we thinking? Kansas State, I have them marked down at five wins this season. Kind of want to lock it up, but I'm not too sure. I have them at six. I mean, they lost, they they lived off of Skylar Thompson. I mean, he's gone. Um, that was their once in a once in a generation quarterback that, that was going to come through there. Um, I don't see how they rebound without they they lived off of him last year. I don't see how they rebound off of that. I think they can get six wins because I think Missouri is absolutely terrible. I think this is the year that Eli Drinkwitz is going to get finally fired. Um, so I think they can beat Missouri, but when they go in the Big Twelve, I don't see how they're going to pick up enough wins to get to seven. I mean, this is a team that's hot and cold too. Like. I mean, they'll, they'll knock off a top five Oklahoma team at home, and then they'll just lose to kind of bottom feeder in the Big 12. So I, it's just too hot and cold for me, so I, I'm not touching this one. Their quarterback, Adrian Martinez, got to take the under, right? I knew their quarterback hit. I totally forgot about that. Wait, I did not realize he was a quarterback over at Kansas State now. I, now I, I have him at five wins now. That's, yeah, the Garrett, that's, the Garrett, that's the Jared Garantano of the West. The only thing, Brett, if you can give me assurance, it, will West Virginia beat Kansas State? Where's that game at? In Morgantown. Yes. Okay, I'm taking Kansas State under six and a half. I wow, I forgot he was there. How many? I mean, you talk. How many years has Mar- Martinez been in freaking college football? Yeah, I'm telling you, he's the Jared Garantano of I mean, the West. Absurd. Is he? So he's for sure the starter too. Yeah, he's number one on the depth chart. I think he might have had us injury, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get the nod at least to start the season. Well, so starting I mean, to start the season just like you did at, um, Nebraska and Holy Nebraska. Yeah. Jeez. And he's getting all this hype. You read the news. He's how the coaches are helping him turn over a new leaf. I saw the same thing about Jarrett Garantano three times between Tennessee. <laughs> And we saw him whenever he went to Washington State, and he somehow finessed himself into the starting role there. And I was talking to Marcus last week about how he has somehow gotten himself into the NFL and scored touchdown in the preseason. So I'm go. sure Adrian Martinez will be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year after yeah. a season at Kansas State. Nice throw in the uh, left corner of the end zone. I mean, Mar- Martinez's best game or best season in college football was literally his freshman season. Well, after that, it just went total downhill. Well, so the, and, and the irony in him is, you know, he was actually a Tennessee commit, and uh, he left because we got Jared Cantano. So we were we were we were screwed either way. <laughs> Butch really wanted one of those two players. Yeah, we, we we thought we were getting a we we thought we were getting a great quarterback either way. Adrian Martinez went his other way, and uh, he he did to Nebraska what uh, Garantano did to Tennessee. Dang. Talk about two peas in a pod. Yeah, it's just it's so hard to catch. Like it's it's hard to keep up with the transfer portal. Like where players go, there's just so many that go to different colleges. That that's a very true. Good point, Brett. So let's go to the Cyclones. They are our last team in the Big Twelve, projected at six and a half wins. Iowa State schedule out of conference. Southeast Missouri State goes to them to kick off the year. And then they also have Ohio coming to them in their last out of and that is their last out of conference game. Or excuse me, they have I they are going to Iowa, of course, you know, that great rivalry that we have every year. So Brett, 
Brett, I feel like you always play the Iowa. I know. I'm not taking this. I'm not touching this one. I think there's too much unknown. Um, Because they they lost Brees Hall. I know they lost Brock Purdy. Yep. So you uh, lose Brock Purdy and then Brees Hall, your best quarterback running back. We know they'll have a solid defense. They usually always do. But I think there's just too much unknown on the Austin side. So I – what, they've never beat Iowa, right, since Matt Campbell's been there? I don't believe so, no. Yeah, which is just mind-blowing to me. And I, it's, it's in Kinnick Stadium this year, too. Yeah. I, I thought that I thought for sure they had it last year. Remember, I was all over them. I was like, there's no way they go and lose to Iowa. And then, sure enough, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not touching this one. I'm the same boat as Brett. Um, I'm not touching it. I do think Iowa State gets it over six and a half wins. I think they can get to seven. I like Matt Campbell. Um, I think the Iowa Woes are a whole, whole other story, but I'm, I'm not going to touch this one. All right, good deal. So let's go to the team that's coming to Carter Finley early in the early part of the season, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders projected at five and a half wins. I have them listed at four. Does anyone agree with me? I, I don't agree with you. I think Texas Tech wins six games. Wow. Um, the reason I say that is because, like I said before, they score points. Um, they're going to get it together, I think. So th- there's got to be a point where they're going to start winning games. And they – six games, it feels right. I don't think they're going to be anything special. Um, I don't – I'm not going to come here and say that they're going to beat NC State. Um, I think they will win one between Houston and NC State. They sneak one of those wins. Um, it's going wow. to be an offensive bout in both of those games. And as long as they can just keep scoring, I think they will sneak a win with one of those two games, which is going to put them into that six-game contention. I'm not touching this one again. I, I still think – I mean, they definitely underperformed. Like, I mean, I still don't really understand the firing of Matt Wells. They weren't terrible last year. And to fire him during the middle of the season was interesting to me. But I, there's just – I mean, like we talked about, the Big 12 can just be weird, like Marcus said. So I'm personally not touching that. I do think maybe the game at Carter Finley could be interesting, but since it's at Carter Finley, I don't see them having any, I don't see State having any problems. So I just, I'm not touching Yeah. That. And I'm not knocking into State here. I think Houston's the one they end up beating, but I do think they get a ranked win in one of those two weeks. Um, I think Houston's worse this year, and that shows in their ranking because they dropped to 24th. Um, and Texas Tech beat the shot of them last year, so why wouldn't they do it again with the worst Houston team? Yeah, that's a good point. As of now, I have I, I see five being the high side. I have a hard time getting to six, but it could happen. I'm not going to lock it up. It was more just a hunch thought, but it it, it may be more along the five. So, do we just talk you out of that? I think so. But you know what? I am not getting talked out of this next one. Country roads, baby. Uh, Brett, go ahead and kick us off. I have a play here. Yeah, I, I probably know what your play is too, you bastard. <laughs> but um, so let me. All right. First of all, and I, I was texting Mark this. So or Mark says so. We have JT Daniels going to be our quarterback. A lot of fans, a lot of people are on the JT Daniels bandwagon. I, for one, am not yet. 
I think he has a lot to prove. He always gets injured. That's been his downfall. Um, and then Stetson Bennett was quarterback over him at Georgia. And I, I understand it's because Stetson was more of a game manager and JT Daniels maybe like takes a lot more risk, but so he'll be the, he'll most likely be the quarterback. Um, but so I was telling Marcus about this. If West Virginia can get to a bowl game the past two years with Jared Dagey, who, if people don't know this, he was basically kind of told to move on. So he went to the transfer portal this past year, went to Western Kentucky. It was just said the other day that he did not win in the starting job at Western Kentucky, mind you. So he's back into the transfer portal. So if we can win, if we can get to bowl games the past two seasons with the guy that couldn't even win at Western or get the starting job at Western Kentucky, I think we can win six games. The only, the only concern I have is our out of conference is a little tough with at Pitt or at Pitt, even though I still think there will be just as many Mountaineer fans there as there will be Pitt fans. And then going to at Virginia Tech is a little concerning to me, but I, I give me the over, give me the over. Five and a half. You're you're you're, you're going to take it. I'm taking the over five and a half. I like I said, if we can get to a bowl game with, <clears throat> yeah, I think we can get to a bowl game. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot unknown. I mean, I I don't know what to expect from JT Daniels. Everybody's praising him. I have to see more. Our wide receivers shouldn't be that bad. Our defense should be decent. It should be pretty good. Our running back shouldn't be bad. I mean, I think. Overall, I think we're going to be fine, but I, I just don't know what to expect from JT Daniels, and I think that's I think that's the main thing here. Yeah, and I, I'm all over this five and a half over. Thank I'm, you, Travis. I'm with you. I, I think one. I think this is the the perfect fit for JT Daniels. He was a great quarterback at, at Georgia. Let's not, I, I don't think I think people forget that. Yeah, he he was a better true arm talent than Setson Bennett. Like you said, it came down to game management and, and and that sort of thing. I think West Virginia is the perfect fit being in like an air raid style offense and a, a conference that scores a bunch of points. And what he he wasn't a good fit for being in a conference that's defensive heavy and having to be able to manage uh, running out clock and things like that. I think West Virginia. I know they have a tough out of conference schedule, but I think they actually play well in it. I think worst case scenario, West Virginia is going to start three and one. That's worst case scenario. That's if they lose. Yeah. They're not going to lose to Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech has a new coach. Um, and I think they, they can easily get three wins in the Big 12. I'm actually – I'm more worried about – why I think Pitt is just unknown. And I think, like you said, the Pitt – the top 25 is maybe giving them credit from last season. I think there's just a lot of known there. But I, if right now I think I'm more worried about Virginia Tech because I know it's a tough place to play. It's a Thursday night game. That place is going to be rowdy. Um, I forgot to mention that we also got our uh, our head coach is passing on the offensive coordinator duties to uh, Graham Harrell. So we got a new offensive coordinator, which probably helped bring in um, JT Daniels from USC. But Marcus, you've been a little quiet over there. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and give us the under because I know that's where you're going. Under all day. Um, I don't think you'll beat Pitt. You will beat Kansas. Kansas might give you a run for your money. Towson, you'll win. I don't think you're going to win in Blacksburg. I think that's going to be Brent Pry's first big established win rivalry game in Lane Stadium um, against the Mountaineers. 
Texas will probably have a little bit too much talent to to lose to you guys. Baylor will get you. Texas Tech, you can probably win. I'm big on TCU. Iowa State's probably going to be a little bit of a bust off for you guys with their defense. You played Oklahoma close last year, but I don't see you guys staying close again. And then Kansas State, you could probably get them in Oklahoma. I really see like maybe four wins at best. So with that total being at five and a half, I think I have a little bit of insurance there. Sorry, Brett. I think I think wow. I think I, I, I think it was a better number. I mean, let's if if JT Daniels is not who people think he is, I think yeah. I, I mean, I it, he's he's the main piece to the whole puzzle, and if, that's and that's the wall card. I think if he is who we think he is, I think you can win six games. I think also, I and this is not. I know the backyard brawl was a historical rivalry with Virginia and Pitt. I think that is a trap game for Pitt. Um, not saying that our, not saying that we have a rivalry with Pitt or anything, but I'm saying that I think Pitt has us circled versus West Virginia circled because we will be the bigger win on their schedule for them. Beating Tennessee will be a bigger thing on the resume than beating West Virginia in 2022 um, because we're right there close to being ranked. Um, so I think this is a perfect trap for for West Virginia to sneak in, sneak a win on Pitt. Um, especially with, I think, like I said, I think Daniels is going to put up points. I don't really see that being a look-ahead game. Um, I don't. It did. Pitt's defensive line is probably going to be one of the best in the country. Their defense is always good with Pat Narduzzi, and West Virginia doesn't block very well. No, 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 30-plus. So, no, no, <laughs> so uh, they, they may be getting after JT. It, it'll, it'll be an interesting game. But I, I'm definitely taking the under. And to round out the Big 12, of course, we got the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas slotted at two and a half wins over under. This is one of my favorite picks, Marcus. You taking the over? I'm taking the under all day. No. There's no way. There's no way they're going to hit this over. Even after they, what they did. I mean, they were a pretty improved team last year. They, they won two games last year. Bad. Yeah, but they were in some games. I mean, they they had Oklahoma beat if they didn't take that one away. This is a one. This was the once in a lifetime chance that they actually went and beat Texas. This was a once in a lifetime thing for them. Now they're never doing that again. And they beat Texas and still only won two games. They're they're not going to beat Texas again. So I, who who on their schedule is going to be their wins? I mean, the thing about Kansas is they are so bad. I don't care that they're in a Power Five conference. They're the team that other teams schedule for their easy out-of-conference games. I mean, I think Duke is going to beat Kansas. I think Houston's going to destroy Kansas. I think Kansas will beat Tennessee Tech, and they might sneak a win on Duke. That's best-case scenario for them. Besides that, there's no one else they're going to beat. It's, I think it's an easy under. They're going to win two games this year. I think Kansas can beat West Virginia. <clears throat> I think Kansas on a given day can beat Kansas State. Boy, you are all Tennessee over Tech. us. You, I mean, you are just hammering the under. Let, let me ask you this. If the over-under for West Virginia was four, would you have taken the under? No, I think that's a good number. Man, God, I just hope we proved you wrong. Oh, good luck. All right, uh, Brett, you taking Kansas over? No, I'm not touching this one. I, I mean, Kansas, you just – they might get a lucky win. I think they beat Tennessee Tech or whatever. I think they have a good chance of beating Duke, but – the rest of the ones are just, yeah. I mean, you just don't know. 
It might not be Tennessee Tech. They might lose to Tennessee Tech week one. Uh, I think you're being a little facetious now. Kansas is bad. They're going to be improved. I think Kansas wins three games. I'm not locking it, but Kansas might win three games. Well, you, you can write me down. Uh, this is one of my picks, under two and a half Kansas. Uh, I love that pick. All right, so, Trevor, you had four plays for the Big 12, correct? Yes, I had right. Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. All right, just making sure. All right, so let's go ahead and recap Big 12 cards. Trevor just told you his plays. Oklahoma over eight and a hook, Baylor over seven and a hook, West Virginia over five and a hook, and then Kansas under 2.5. Brett's card for the Big 12, Oklahoma State over eight and a half, Texas under eight, Baylor over seven and a half, and West Virginia over five and a half. My card for the Big 12, Texas under eight, TCU over six and a half, Kansas State under six and a half, and West Virginia under five and a half. So let's go ahead and move on to the big boys, the SEC. The wild thing is when you look at the SEC win totals, only one team, two teams, excuse me, are projected under six wins, Vandy and Mizzou. That's nuts. I couldn't fathom 14 teams possibly going bowling. And, I mean, mathematically, obviously, it can't play out like that. Somebody has to lose, but – Vegas has a, some very, very interesting lines in the SEC. So let's go ahead and start up at the top, the defending national champions. Stetson Bennett in the Georgia Bulldogs projected 10 and a half wins this season. Georgia's schedule, when you take a look at it, game one versus Oregon. That game's in Atlanta, basically a home game for the Dogs. Then they have Sanford coming to them, and Kent State also comes to them during the season. In their SEC slate, they draw out of the West – excuse me, Georgia Tech as well to end the game. Out of the West, they draw Mississippi State and Auburn per usual every season. Not a terrible draw. So, Georgia, I'm going over. Yeah, I have over, and in my notes I put um, that we'll know if they hit the over after week one. Uh, yes, absolutely. After so once after that Oregon game is over, if they beat Oregon, they go they go eleven. They'll go eleven and one. Worst case, um, I really they don't have any losses on the schedule. If you look at the schedule, there's like this is a twelve and zero schedule outside of the Oregon game. Um, so I'm saying if as long as they if they beat Oregon, they have one to blow. I I hope that game they I hope they blow it against us. Obviously, that'd be awesome for me. Um, there's been a lot of hype on ESPN that we could sneak one in there. Um, I'm not going to count on it, but I think if they beat Oregon, that is going to be the easiest uh, over of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think it's over. Um, I think Oregon – I mean, Oregon hasn't even named a starter yet. I mean, it's, if they if they put Bo Nix in there, I'll – Yeah, it's not, yeah <laughs> Bo Nix, yeah. <laughs> I mean – I mean, Bo Nix. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely hit the over if he's playing. So, but yeah, I think even regardless, I think – I, yeah, and that, that is one of my picks as well. That's one of my four SEC picks that I have. Um, all right. Well, we all know who's number two. Uh, Alabama also projected 10 and a half wins. Bama's, you know, they're in the SEC West, so a little bit harder of a slate, one might say. But let's look at Alabama's schedule. Uh, I don't think the West is harder this year. Um, I think this is going to be a, a big East year for the SEC. Spoken like a true Tennessee fan, out of the uh, East, uh, Alabama draws Vandy in Tennessee per usual. 
out of conference, Austin P, Texas, Utah State, Louisiana Monroe, four wins right there. I mean, I think I just wrong off six wins. Um, we're all taking Bama over, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's also one of my picks. <laughs> they don't have a loss on their schedule, so they have one to one to blow. Um, I don't. I'm not counting Texas A&M as a hard game because I don't believe Texas A&M is a, is a top ten team. I think that's a joke. Um, I love Saban's method when everybody was talking shit about him, saying that he never schedules big games out of uh, like at away games. So he went and picked the one big name team that he knows chokes every year and scheduled that Texas game. So that was a big move by Saban to do that. Um, there's not a loss in the schedule, so they have one blow. I think it's an easy, um, easy 11 wins for them. Uh, Trevor, I'm really looking forward to that, that third weekend in October, finding the video of the guy that doesn't like dogs, the I just hate Tennessee. That's a classic. Hey, it's not going to be so fun if we, uh, if we sneak that win in Neyland this year. And the funny thing is, I think Bama's going to lose one game. I think it's either going to be to Tennessee or Ole Miss. And I don't think Ole Miss is that good. They, they lost everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I think <clears throat> Tennessee's the sneaky team. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them in a second, but. I have some things to say. All right, well, well let, let, let's keep on the fast-forward uh, trend. Uh, Texas A&M, who Trevor has had a lot to say, they are projected at <laughs> and a half wins. Uh, the Aggies, Trevor, are you landing on us right now? Are you taking the under? So I don't have this as one of my picks. I have this as over. I, I will say this again. I do not think AM is a bad team. They're just nowhere close to being a top 10 team. They don't have a tough schedule. Um, they, I think they can easily get nine wins. Um, I just don't think they're going to get past that. I don't think they're going to get like, I think you need 10 wins to be a top 10 team. So I just don't see where they're getting that extra that extra boost in the rankings from. They their their schedule really comes down to that Miami game. Um, I don't think they're going to struggle with App State, although they they could. You know, App State has been sneaky against big teams. Um, so Texas A&M is going to come down to the Miami game and the Arkansas game. If they can get those two wins, they, they will cruise to nine wins. Brett, any love for Jimbo right here? He's staying away. I mean, I would try, right? I think they're a little overrated, but I mean, with the over and under right here, I think I think going over is a solid bet right here. The SEC, you just don't know. It's so tough. Right, so this is a classic case of, of yeah. people are, are dick riding because if they were if this was seriously a good team, if they were seriously a top 10 team, they'd be the over under would be like 10. 10 the, the over under would be nine and a half at the least. Yeah. Eight and a half. Come on. Yeah. I agree. It's kind of like with Baylor, honestly, from the Big 12, over under seven and a half, but you got a top 10 team right there. A little interesting. All right. Well, I have eight, nine wins slotted for Texas a and I think that's a good number. No play for me. And let's go ahead and move on to a, a team Trevor said, I think it's going to be slight work for his volunteers this season. Uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky, you this might be the year they actually make some noise. You know, Will Levis, I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football this year. I think they're running back Chris Rodriguez is hurt, but should be coming back. What are we thinking for the Kentucky Wildcats? I think they had their, their 15 minutes of fame last year. They got, they got their uh, double digit wins. I don't think Will Levis is what everybody hypes him up to be. He lived off of Wondell Robinson last year and Wondell is gone. They've lost 
offensive line. They've lost a lot on defense. Um, this Kentucky team is nowhere near as good as the Kentucky team was last year. Um, and about what I was saying, being a, a cakewalk for Tennessee, um, the best Kentucky teams of all time have lost to Tennessee's worst teams of all time. Um, Tennessee beating Kentucky is like Florida beating Tennessee. It's uh, you just it just happens. It's it's as guaranteed as death is. Um, no matter how good Kentucky is, I mean, ten and two last year. They were ten and two last year, I think, or they got the tenth win in the bowl game. Yep. Still lost to us with a first year head coach. Um, I think it's just an easy win for us. I have Kentucky actually at a push. Um, so I'm not putting them as one of my picks. I think they do win eight games because, as they do every year, they have one of the easiest schedules ever. They schedule the easiest out-of-conference games. Um, for them, it's not easy because they almost lost to UT Chattanooga last year. But uh, to most people, it would be considered an easy out-of-conference schedule. Dang, man. I'm not touching this either. But I, I, I'm with Trevor. I really, the Will Levis hype, I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, they're talking about him being like a pro. I mean, the guy's a good runner, but he's he's just not a good passer. I mean, I've, I watched a couple of Kentucky games last year, and their offense was just horrid to watch. It was awful. So I just – I'm not touching this. I don't – I just – I don't see it. Reports say it looks pretty good. I have Kentucky at eight, nine wins. Um, tempted to take it, but Mark Soups has a great team. I mean, he's built a very good program, steady program there. He's done what he had to do. You know, the Kentucky fans have something to do when it's not basketball season. You know, and it's not like basketball recruiting season. They can go see a couple wins in like maybe six wins in person a season. I think that's good for them. Um, I think they're right on track with eight wins this season. And let's keep it rolling. A couple teams with seven and a half uh, projected. We'll start up at the top. Arkansas, Brett, kick us off here. Listen, my boy Pitt, man. I mean, we were on the Arkansas bandwagon last year, especially yeah. at the beginning of the year. They got that huge win over Texas, which as the year went on, we kind of figured out was not that great of a win. They had some good wins. I, I'm a big Pittman guy. I'm not touching this. I just – I think there's a lot of unknown. Again, I do they come down a little bit after their good season last year? I mean, they went from, what, three and eight to nine and four, I think, or something like that. So, big turnaround. I, I – I'm just not touching. I I think there's too much hype maybe going into this season as opposed to last after what happened last year. So I'm staying away here. Um, I'm not touching this game either. I do think they go over. I think they can they can get to eight wins. I don't think they're going to get more than that. Um, so I agree with most things Brett says, but I do think they can sneak their way into eight wins. A lot of consistency. I have them slotted in eight wins as well, but I'm not playing it. Let's go down to the Rebs, Ole Miss Lane Kiffin. Uh, Trevor, you had some words for Ole Miss. Go ahead and take this one for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I have Ole Miss going over here. I think they're going to get eight wins this year, uh, which is a really good record for Ole Miss. Um, last year, that, that was their first ever double-digit win season. So um, that was a great season for them. They lost Matt Corral. They lost two of their three um, running backs. Um, and they lost a bunch of big pieces on defense as well. They did re-up with Zach Evans. Um, that's what I forgot to mention in my uh, reasoning for TCU being under also is that they their biggest offensive asset is now um, a Rebel. Yep. Um, so I think Zach Evans is big for them. I think they can get to eight wins. Um, but it's not going to be the same season they had last year. 
I think Jackson Dart's going to play a pretty good quarterback position. Yeah, he might. I mean, he might be good in that offense. I mean, it's hard to go against Lane Kiffin, but I think they. I'm with Trevor. I think they just lost too much on both sides of the ball to be able to have a legit prediction of what to go here. So I'm staying away from this one as well. Well, I'm going Ole Miss over. I see eight, nine wins on the schedule. I think Ole Miss can start off uh, easily six and zero. Oh. Uh, Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky, Vandy, Auburn. I think they'll most likely beat LSU. So if they do start out with a fantastic schedule, they have to beat Texas A&M, Bama, Arkansas, Mississippi State. I can see them winning at least two of those games. Obviously, Bama's not one of them. I think the schedule's going to line up. Um, I think Lane has really good continuity there. They did lose a lot of very good skill players, but I think he's going to reload similar, like it didn't start to show that like he actually has a really good healthy program there, not only getting uh, punters from the fraternity keggers that are going on for a uh, move in. I bet Creek Village is uh, very crazy down there in Oxford, Mississippi right now, but I think Lane has it cooking right now. Um, if they hit last season when I probably had the same opinion, I only have to go a half game over. Uh, give me the ribs over. I, I I doubt that I'll have to sweat this. I think, I think by this the, gonna, that's going to have you sweating late. I because I agree with you. I think they're going to be six and zero, and just like Tennessee in twenty sixteen, I think they're going to start six and zero and finish eight and four. They'll lose four of their last five games. They'll, I don't. They'll lose to A They'll lose to Arkansas. They'll lose to Bama, and they will lose one between Ole Miss. Uh, Mississippi State and Auburn. They'll lose one of those three games. All right. Well, you know, that, that's that's why they tee it up and kick the ball. We will see. <laughs> next on the schedule, we have two teams listed. Or ah, no, 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 no. Next, I believe there's one more seven and a half on that uh, on that list, Marcus. <laughs> there is one more seven and a half. Uh, Knoxville, the checkerboard, Smoky, banjos, kicking, whatever you want to say, Trevor. Go ahead. This is your time to shine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get too crazy in on the hype. Um, I do have – this is one of my picks of us going over, and I, I'm not saying that because I believe in hype. I just think that we have an easier schedule than we had last year, and um, we're, we have our starting quarterback for the whole season this year, presumably, like, assuming we don't have, lose injuries. But, you know, we didn't have – Hendon Hooker's first start was week three last year. Um, so we have a good quarterback that we trust. I think we re-upped uh, where we lost at in wide receivers. Um, I think our defense is going to be leaps and bounds better than last year because they've actually we've actually had time to get talent versus um, last year we put out a defense that was playing almost 60 minutes because we were so we lost so many whenever Pruitt was fired. Um, so when I look at the schedule, I see us starting 3-0. Pitt, we could lose a Pitt. I think Pitt's favored like 51% in the FBI. Um, we could lose a pit. Um, I think we will win one between ten, uh, Pitt and Florida. So that puts us at three and one starting the season. Um, and even if we dropped LSU and Bama, putting us at three and three, we will beat Tennessee, Martin, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. So we'll beat all those teams. Um, there, there is some hype around South Carolina. Um, so I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not concerned at all about that one. That one could be a toss up. Um, but I don't fully buy the uh, Spencer Rattler hype because I think he was he was trash in the Big 12, and he's going to be more trash when he has a much larger defensive lineman and linebackers running at him this year. But I can get to that when we get to South Carolina. But, yeah, so I, I have us uh, – I think eight and four is, a, is what I expect 
that's my lowest expectations. My 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 goal is a nine and three season here. I think that puts us in the Citrus Bowl. Um, as the great Steve Spurrier said, you can't spill citrus without UT, and we haven't been in that game in a while, so I'll uh, actually be excited to be in one of those bowl games. I'm I'm hitting the over here as well. Um, I me and Marcus talked about this last. I mean, I I think hitting hookers a stud. I think it was crazy that he wasn't named the starter <laughs> going into the season last year. To be honest. I think me and Marcus talked about this a bunch of times. But, I mean, you look at the schedule, I think you could start off one, two, three, four, five, and oh. I, I think you can go to LSU, beat LSU as well. I think you can start off five and oh before you, you go to Alabama. And then, honestly, I think you can go seven and one before you get to Georgia. I, I think yeah. I think the potential is there. I really do. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I think three and one, because I, I just the battered ball syndrome, I think we end up dropping one to Pitt or Florida. I, I think four and oh is possible. I don't think LSU is going to be good. I think, you know, we, we start out five and oh going uh, into that Bama game. I think that's going to put us as a top 15 team. Yeah. And I would be completely shocked if that wasn't college game day in Knoxville for the first time in a long time. Um, that'd be a huge game for us playing Alabama. Um, as a big matchup so yeah I, I i can see it i'm just trying the battered ball syndrome has me a little hesitant to think we're going to go okay, completely understand it. you don't want to get you don't want to be too optimistic going into the season for your team it's because it can always end in disappointment just call, call me on september 25th I'll, I'll be coming home from uh, knoxville after that florida game and i'll let you know how i feel about the team this year yeah I have Tennessee slotted at eight wins. Uh, I think you guys will be pretty good this season. Hendon Hooker, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, unfortunately. And Virginia Tech had to learn that the hard way. I think they'll start off 3-0. I, I, I do think you'll get pit. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think you guys have a little bit more talent and continuity coming into this season, so you'll get them. Florida's always a toss-up. Um, Anthony Richardson should take a step forward this year. The rest of the Florida team, I don't know too, too much about, but, you know, they always have good recruiting classes. They have some athletes. And like you said, like Florida just always finds a way to beat you guys, although you should win. Going to Death Valley is always a tricky game. I think you can win that game. Bama's a loss. I think Kentucky is a toss-up for you guys. I think that'll be a tougher game than you expect. Georgia's a loss. And then South Carolina, um, I think Spencer Rattler's probably going to shine. Because uh, Shane Beamer was this guy at Oklahoma that got him there. So there's some connection there. He may thrive. South Carolina's got a couple good transfers. I think there's enough trap and, like, just traffic in the schedule to maybe you can hit seven. But even then, I still think seven's a pretty good season for you guys. Like, yeah, you'll probably lose, like, one or two more games than you expect. But I, I just think it's a really good number. If it was seven, I'd go over for push insurance, but seven and a half, I think there's enough volatility there to where I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, like I said, uh, and the batter ball syndrome thinks, makes me think seven and five is what realistically happens. But um, if there's a year for us to do any, anything big, it's going to be this year. So um, let's go. The quarterback that rebranded himself from AR-15 just to AR. Did he change his jersey number to five, actually? Yeah, he changed everything. Yeah, yeah, AR-5. <laughs> Uh, Florida Gators, seven wins. I have them slotted right at six or seven. Not expecting a lot from Florida this year. Um, if you guys have a play, go ahead and uh, put it out there. I, I'm not putting them on my plays. I think they do go under seven. Um, and the reason I say that is because they're going to start out 0-2. Um, 
And, you know, if Tennessee can find a way to win that game, which we should, that would put Florida at one and three. I, I don't know what the stat is and the last time they started season one and three, but I'm sure it's been a very long time. Um, so when they start out one and three, and then the, the only way they're going to be able to get to seven wins is they're going to have to find a win versus Georgia, A&M, South Carolina, or Florida State. They have to find a win in one of those games, and um, or in two of those games, I think. So I just don't see how they do that. Um, so I think I think they're going to go six and six this year, which will be an improvement from last year. Yeah, I, I think long-term Billy Napier is going to be the right guy for this squad, but I think there's I think there's a, a lot of unknown. I mean, Anthony Richardson, solid quarterback. I think he should have been starting last year. I think he had the more potential from running and throwing perspective. But Utah to start off, it's going to be tough. Kentucky, we know Florida's kind of struggled with them lately, even though it's going to be at the Swamp. I don't think they're going to go to Tennessee, beat Tennessee. Um not going to be Georgia. Probably won't be a and I don't know if they'll be South Carolina, to be honest. And then I think at the end of the year, Florida State's going to be a tough match as well. I think this is going to be a more approved Florida State team. So I'm personally not touching this one. I think there's a lot of – you could go either way on some of those matchups. All right. Good analysis, guys. Next up, another team, seven wins listed. The LSU Tigers – I maybe see six wins. I don't think I see seven. Didn't Mouse Brennan just quit football? Yeah. Can't, let's talk about that real quick. It's, he just collected some nice money from NIL deals, and he didn't win the starting job, so he's kind of just like, oh, well, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and quit. So he just collected his money, basically. Not so, collected, collecting. He's still yeah, collecting yeah. because they are not – allowed to cut his contracts off because of football because technically NIL is not supposed to be football related. So he they they he still has those contracts going because they have to keep him going regardless if he's a football player or not. So, so Jaden Daniels won the starting job, the Arizona State transfer. Right. Dang. And yeah. um but I'm I'm with you Marcus I see six ones on the schedule. There's a lot of weird hype around Brian Kelly coming here. I don't get it. Like I said, I don't think Brian Kelly is a great coach. Um, I'm not a big Brian Kelly guy myself. Um, I think, like I, said, like I said earlier, I think Notre Dame improved by getting by losing him. Um, so I think they go six and six. I mean, they could get to that um, seven. I put on my list, I put them down for a push at seven and five. Uh, and the only reason I did that is because of that battered ball syndrome telling me that we, if we, even if we start out good, we'll drop one to LSU all looking ahead to Bama. Um, so that's the only reason I have them at seven wins. So I'm not going to touch this game, this, this team. If Jaden Daniels actually plays like he was supposed to play at Arizona state, I think LSU could be dangerous this year. Like if LSU got hot and won eight games, we just say, dang, we all missed it. But I don't think, I don't think it's very likely. And how, how do how, how do you expect a quarterback to, to do what he was supposed to do in a easy conference against easier teams when a much tougher conference playing against much bigger defenses. I just don't see that happening. He, he, he showed flashes of being a really good quarterback, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe having better talent around him will make him excel a little bit more, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it was – I think he made the right move to transfer because Herm Edwards has a lot going on at Arizona State right now. Honestly, he, he probably will get canned this year if he doesn't win there. Yeah, he's on the whole uh, – He'll quote-unquote retire is what he'll do. 
Yeah, he, I mean, may as well just get back to being an AI uh, broadcaster. Just give him an old Frank Beamer and tell him to retire. Uh, Mississippi State, Cowboy, Cowbells, six and a half wins. I have Mississippi State slotted for five, six wins. I don't expect too much out of them. I do expect them to ruin someone's season. I don't think it's Georgia, Alabama, more than likely a Texas A&M ruined their season or maybe Arkansas. Um, what do we think about the Bulldogs? I, I looked at the schedule and before looking at the line, and I said this looks like a six- to seven-win team. And then I saw the line, and I said I'm not touching this. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're great. I think they will – they'll sneak a big win. Um, if I have to justify which team they'll, they'll sneak a big win on, I would say Ole Miss – just with it being the Egg Bowl, a rivalry game, um, that would be one for them to sneak a win on. So um, I, I selected under, but I'm not having this as a pick. Yeah, Mike Leach's teams, I just – I'm not a big Mike Leach guy either, to be honest. I mean, you don't know. Usually this team start off well the season, and then they kind of just die down as the season goes on. I mean, he never runs the ball. The defense is usually not that great, so I'm just – I'm not touching this. If Mississippi State excels this season, it's because of Will Rogers. He almost threw for 5,000 yards last season and 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Watch him carve up NC State. That game was painful <laughs> last season. But, I mean, it's the air raid. Who knows? I mean, at any given day – like everyone can just catch fire. Like you said, they'll probably ruin someone's season, but for them it's being consistent in the West this year. I don't really see it. So I'm also staying away. And then we go to our sole team listed. Oh, no, we have one more six and a half Auburn. Is this yeah. play? This is my, this is my fourth SEC play under under. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to be good. Um, I think I still think they made a bad decision in firing Gus. Um, and I think they're going to see that this year. I think Bo Nix, while he wasn't good, he was better than than not Bo Nix. So I, I see them being a six-win team at best. Honestly, they could go five and seven this year. Um, so And they could be looking for a new head coach at the start of next season. Um, so I, this is my my fourth and fourth SEC play, final play that I have. Um and so it's them under. The only thing that worries me about Auburn, I think that they have a chance of starting four and zero. And if they do, I think they're gonna win at least six. So that would be them beating Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, and Missouri. I think LSU is a toss up for them. Mississippi State and Western Kentucky also winnable. I think they can reach seven, maybe, but I do like the under six and a half. Is a really good number. I don't know they're going to beat Penn State. Um, so, Brett, what do you think about Zach Calzada and TJ Finley? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Calzada, he, he was all right at Texas Dam, not a huge fan. TJ Finley, I think he's average. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of unknown with Auburn. I mean, it's been, I'm surprised their coach is still there, to be honest, after everything that unfolded last season. I, I'm shocked to see him there. I'm kind of with Trevor. I don't know if I see them beating Penn State. I think there's – I think they have the chance, especially since it's at Auburn, but I don't know if I see them winning that game. I just – I'm interested. It's going to come down to the quarterback play. 
Have they have they named the starter? Is it Calzada or Philly? Or they still? I think Calzada has the lead. You say they haven't officially named one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. know. I'm not a big Calzada. I I didn't really see much from him at uh, Texas A&M, so I don't know. I yeah, I'm not touching this one though. Good choice. Trevor, have fun. If they start 4-0, you may be sweating this one out a little bit. They're not going to start 4-0. They might start 2-2 because they could sleep one in Missouri. All right. Our our only six-win team, uh, SCAR, the Gamecocks of South Carolina in that grimy-ass city of Columbia. I have six wins on the dot here. If Spencer Rattler plays out of his mind, maybe they can win another game. But their out-of-conference schedule is a joke. Uh, Georgia State. I think they'll win more times than not. They also have UNC Charlotte and South Carolina State um, paycheck game for in-state, but they also have another in-state game that they're more than likely going to lose when they go to Clemson this year. Of course, they have Vandy, Mizzou. I see a soft six, maybe seven, but. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think if you're looking for a good insurance play, I would take South Carolina over seven or over six because you get that push. Um, I have them marked down as a push on my on my list, um, but like I said, you get a, it's that's that's a free uh, cancellation if they go six and six. So I think they you have they can confidently do six and six this year. I'd say pushed over. Yeah, I, I mean it's going to come down to I'm not playing this one. I th- I mean it's going to come down to Spencer Rattler. Are we going to see the beginning player that we saw at Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler? Are we going to see the player last year that really he had no confidence whatsoever. I think it's good that he's getting a new start. And I don't think he's going to have that pressure of a five-star quarterback behind him anymore. Like he did with Caleb, Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. I think he kind of got forced into that position where everybody wanted Williams to play, especially when he started off bad. So I think it's good to have him a good, fresh start. I just, I, it just depends what Spencer Rattler you get. And that's why I just don't want to touch this one. Safe play. All right. Is this the year that Coach Drink gets fired? The only There's only two teams in the SEC who are not projected to go to a bowl game. Missouri's sitting right on the cut line at five and a half wins. Yeah, I think uh, Missouri goes four and eight, and they fired Drink this year. Um, they're worse this year. Um, so they lost Beatty, and that's all they had last year. Um, so I, I – I think they're going to go four, five, five wins is the best case scenario for them. Um, and I think Drinkwitz uh, gets fired. If he gets discovered for the fraud he is, because he was a fraud in the first place, he coached one year at App State with, with rented players that he didn't even recruit, uh, won some games with, um, with uh, was it Satermeyer? With, yeah. With his players. Satterfield. Satterfield, yeah. So they, he won, he won like 10 or 11 games with Satterfield's players. And got the Missouri job. Um, so he, he finally gets fully exposed this year. Damn, that is fraudulent, ain't it? It really is. Yeah, I mean, I'm with he did not deserve that job. I mean, like like Trevor said, he literally came into a great scenario then at App State. I mean he's collecting his money though, so we'll hey, I don't I don't I don't knock him for what he's doing. I, yeah. if I could do it, I would take the Missouri job tomorrow. I'd probably win as many games as he'll win this year. Um <laughs> But I would take the paycheck too. You know, I, I wasn't going to take this one, but 
you kind of talked me into this, Trevor. And looking at their schedule, I'm kind of with you. I think – I don't, honestly don't know if they beat Louisiana Tech. I think that could be a tough game. I don't know if they'll beat Kansas State, to be honest. Um, I think the only other game on the schedule besides ACU is uh, Vanderbilt that they'll win. And maybe – I mean, probably New Mexico State as well. But I think – I see four wins here, so I'm taking the under as well. Man, look at Brett, Mitch Show Lock. I'm proud of you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hopefully, it doesn't bite me in the ass. <laughs> well, it just it just might. It, here we go. Two and a half wins. The most intriguing team. I want to take the over here so bad because the great thing is we will know week zero the first four games of the season yeah, we will know week zero week zero decides Vanderbilt that's what I wrote on <laughs> week zero decides Vanderbilt's fate on this if they beat Hawaii they will go over three they'll go over two uh two and a half wins they'll get three if they lose to Hawaii they will go two and ten that's that's just the way the way it's gonna crack out for them I don't think they're gonna beat Hawaii at a 10 30 p.m game eastern time um Maybe they fly in early and get a little bit more adjusted, but uh, I usually like to take uh, Hawaii whenever East Coast teams fly out there. That's week zero. That's week zero. That's that's my uh, that's the game I'm most excited about. I'll have a pretty good buzz on by uh, ten thirty at night. Fasted <laughs> um, by ten thirty. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a little early for Hawaii game for me. I usually like those to be right at midnight, but um, I'll take it. You said the over under is two, two and, two and a half. half, two and a half. I they I think you got to go under. Really? Yeah, I mean they'll beat Elon. I Vanderbilt was bad. They're bad. I mean they were terrible last year. <laughs> I mean, I they hopefully they'll be better this year. But I don't know if you beat Northern Illinois to be honest. Um. Jeez. This is a uh, Vanderbilt team that lost to East Tennessee State week one last year. Yeah. Not not like a oh, they snuck in a touchdown at the end of the game when they got blown out. I mean East Tennessee State week one. Even if they beat Hawaii, I still I mean, I guess you'll get two, but I don't I don't know if you're gonna get three against uh Northern Illinois. I really don't. No, I think they're gonna be pretty bad. I think Northern Illinois lost a lot from hey. what I read. Yeah. But I mean that's a, but it's not like Vanderbilt's a powerhouse coming in there. And that's the other thing you have to yeah, the other thing to keep in mind is Vanderbilt barely snuck out of a shootout with my favorite absolute worst team in college football, UConn last year. Yeah. Absolute shootout. Oh, yeah, they did beat UConn. That's yeah, right. I mean, that was a huge um, win for them. So I mean, if, if that if they're skating like that against UConn, they're not gonna beat Hawaii. They're probably not gonna beat Northern Illinois. I, I get, I'm hitting the under here. I I would I've been talked into so many picks tonight that it's honestly sick. Well, Brett, we'll know week zero if you win or lose. No, I don't think you will because even if they beat Hawaii, I don't know if they're getting three. They're gonna beat Elon in Northern Illinois. Hey, you know if they if they if they beat Hawaii, you, I'm gonna be freaking tuned into that Northern Illinois. <laughs> They're not going to be Hawaii, so it's not going to matter. I'm going to um, get really drunk that Saturday, and I'm probably going to bet Hawaii that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Wait, wasn't last year? 
last year was the whole that was with the whole uh hawaii team remember that their their coach was being like um talked about by their players for like abuse and so i'm pretty sure yeah because usually i watch the uh it's always on christmas eve the hawaii bowl game or whatever that they're always in and i'm pretty sure that they refused to play it because their coach was like abusive it was canceled i'm looking at it right now yeah yeah. What? Do, you remember, do you not remember that? No. Oh, yeah, because I always look forward to that Christmas Eve watching the Hawaii Bowl. That's right. Yes, you did say that. Yeah, because you, usually it's freezing here, so I'm like, ah, oh, well, it looks nice, 75 and 80 there. But, yeah, I so honestly, I don't – do they still have that coach? I'm trying I don't to – who the coach is. They're going to abuse Vanderbilt on uh, – <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. Eli Drinkwitz could coach them to a victory in that game. <laughs> what? Who's their coach? Because their coach is like an old. It's a. It's a guy you would know. I couldn't tell you. June Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. He used to coach at uh, SMU, right? Let's see what old June Jones is up to these days. June Jones. Who is that? He is no longer the coach of Hawaii. He. Uh, so they got rid of him because he's currently the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Dragons. What is that? Do they have a head football coach? They don't need one week zero. They can wait till week one. Their head coach is Timmy Chang. Yeah, Timmy Chang. Who the hell is that? Former quarterback of uh, Hawaii. Boy, I went, is he just like a like – He comes a, from – he his most recent position in 2021, he was the receivers coach at um, Nevada. So he was he was at Nevada coaching from 2017 to 2021. Um, so wait, what, can anybody tell me the spread? What's the spread right now, that game? That has to be like two points, right? Uh, Vandy's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Holy shit. Yeah. It opened at four-and-a-half. And it's up to six and a half. That's I think it's a seven. I'm taking Hawaii. I got a whole foot touchdown as a, as a cushion. That's Vandy, concerning. Vandy's probably going to beat their ass. People are really high on Clark Lee right now. He's getting a lot of hype on the SEC network. And I think he's just another coach who's going to lose a bunch of games at Vanderbilt. Well, he at least has the right attitude day or the right attitude as a media day. Yeah, I mean, that, that pick worries me a little bit more, but, hey, I, I took it, so I'm going to stick with that. Oh, yeah, it's not coming off the board now. <laughs> is, is, is there anything else that we have to hash out before before week zero? Because we're hitting the ground running next week. We got football. I mean, outside of these two um, – outside of these two uh, conferences, I think I'm super pumped for that Nebraska-Northwestern game being played in Ireland, which is going to be interesting. Um that's going to be your primetime game week zero. Um, so between that, and then I'll probably sneak into the floor. Uh, I'll, I'll watch the Carolina game after that and then uh, coast that into the Hawaii game. So I've mapped it out to where I can not leave my couch from 12 noon to probably 12 a.m., uh, if not a little bit later on Saturday. So I'm, I'm pumped. Well, I'll tell you what, that Nebraska Northwestern, I'm taking the under. The under? 
Yeah, it opened up at 54 and a half down to 50 and a half. And I wish I could lock it up now, but I got to wait till next week. That game might be brutal to watch, honestly, because we we talked about we talked about Northwestern last week and they're they're not going to be good. That game's going to be like 17 to 14. If, the, if, if Scott Frost loses that game, they should just go ahead and fire him after game. Yeah, one. don't even get back on the plane. He, he can yeah. just stay abroad. Well, here's the thing. I think this is Scott Frost is probably the. He's probably the hottest seat in college football because he has not done anything at Nebraska. We can't lose still there. He has a great quarterback. Casey Thompson is a good quarterback. Um, this is the best quarterback he's had because he uh, finally has rid himself of Adrian Martinez, and I think he got a major upgrade at quarterback. So I, I think uh, Nebraska um, will turn some heads and sneak their way into a 6-6 six and six record. Um, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I mean, Casey Thompson threw. He showed good flashes last year at Texas as well. So he, he, he so he won the job over Chuba Purdy or whatever. That's what I've been seeing. I don't know who yeah. is. I don't know if it's one hundred percent locked up. The Chuba Purdy or whatever came from Florida State, right? He transferred from FSU. No, uh, USC. Right. I thought he was at FSU. Was no, he, he was at FSU. You're right. It was FSU. If he was at FSU, he can't be that good because they were terrible last year and he still wasn't the starter. Except the one Travis got hurt. Man, crazy thing. Next week we'll be talking about week zero. Hey, time to to lock it up. Let's go ahead and recap. Um, Trevor, thanks again for joining us and um, also being a part of the 910 barbecue or 910 coastal barbecue community. Keep bringing us some good stuff and uh, dropping us some gems. And also the piping hot pick of the week. Don't forget that that's got to be a weekly thing. So we will hear from you in some form of capacity. All right, Trevor's card, Oklahoma State over eight and a half, Baylor over seven and a half, West Virginia over five and a half, Kansas under two and a half. His SEC card, the Bulldogs of Georgia specifically, over 10 and a half, Bama over 10 and a half, Tennessee over seven and a half, taking his boys, and then Auburn under six and a half. Brett, last year, five, three, and one in the SEC Big 12 win totals. His card, Oklahoma State over eight and a hook, Texas under eight, Baylor over seven and a hook, West Virginia over five and a hook. Then his SEC card is the Georgia Bulldogs over 10 and a half wins, Bama over 10 and a half wins, Tennessee over seven and a half wins, Missouri under five and a half, late edition, and Vandy under two and a half, late edition. We will know week one, week zero, if that's going to hit or not, because they're a touchdown favorite. Just I, to I didn't know Hawaii was going to be that. I'm a little nervous about my Hawaii boys over there now. Timmy, Timmy Chang gets it done. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know who the hell that was before we looked it up. I uh, saw well, Duke Jones was there. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's great! And then my card. I was four four and one last season in the SEC Big Twelve win totals. My card is Texas under eight, TCU over six and a half, Kansas State under six and a half, and West Virginia under five and a half. Three SEC picks, all overs. Give me the Georgia Bulldogs, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the All Miss Rebels. Lane Kiffin, get it done for me. All right, anything else on the on the cutting room floor before we sign off? I appreciate the invite. I'm glad I'm doing preseason so I can't be exposed for at least uh, 14, 15 weeks from now. Um, well, we'll, don't worry. We'll, we'll have you on during the week. 
don't yeah. work. Hey, oh yeah, let me know. I, I prefer to be on right for the SEC championship. It's going to be Tennessee's uh, first SEC championship in about 15 years, so uh, I'll be excited to, to talk about that one. I, I think I think we should go ahead and pencil Trevor in before the Alabama game that week. That week. Let me, let me know. We can do it. We'll do it. Well, again, thanks for joining us, T. Brett. I'll talk to you next week, next Thursday. Um, we'll get a time nailed down once I get my softball schedule. <laughs> and hopefully we can all make it, dude. It's, it's it's volatile. The rain has been killing us in Charlotte. We don't know what's going on. We, we, I mean, we had some bad rain here, but it hasn't rained within the last week. But, I mean, there was about a three-week stretch that it was raining every single day. Yeah, I'll get in more to the softball schedule next week. It, it's wild. All right. Sounds Some crazy good. stuff is going on. But all right, guys, y'all have a good night. Our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Half the Distance to the Goal. I'm your host, Marcus Bullock. Brett Galt joining me as well and our guest, Trevor Inman. We are signing off. Go find those numbers. Lock them up. It's almost time, boys. Go balls. Mountaineers. We'll see you.